Hello, hello. Welcome to the Mother Days podcast. I am one of your hosts, Sarah Wright Olson. And I'm Teresa Palmer. Hi, Daisies. Hi, Daisies. We are very excited and honored to have our guest today, Jessica Diggs. What a joy. I know, Sarah, that you two have known each other for a long time. And Sarah told me that you would be the most magnificent guest and we cannot wait to chat to you. (laughs) So thank you for joining us today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. Think of all that cash back on those overpriced kombuchas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Splurge on some fancy champagne with the gals or order fine dining to the house and watch a good true crime doco? Whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet. Finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. I met Jessica so many years ago. My my very first baby was like a year and a half, I think, at the time. And our mutual friend, Anna Paula Markell, who was a doula, um, introduced me. And I was looking to figure out, like, I needed help. I was going to shoot a movie. I needed help with Wyatt. And she was like, let me throw you a couple of doula friends of mine and see if anybody can, like, make it happen. And so um, Jessica was available for only part of it and I met with somebody else and so we just stayed in touch because I loved her so much and I was like you are such a light and Wyatt loved you instantly he was just like oh she's so magical and so um throughout the years I've just been watching your uh evolution of like you know you started as a doula and then you started training to be a midwife and you have Um, this amazing practice and education. And um, I just love everything that you put out into the world. So I'm so excited to have you on today. And I would love to hear about your journey from um, like becoming a doula, like what inspired you and then transitioning to midwifery care. Yeah, well, thank you so much for having me. It's been so long since seeing Wyatt. Um, I became a doula in 2012, so I was 19 years old. And yeah, I was a baby, but I had (laughs) a deep fascination with reproductive health and particularly sexual health around that time. More so like I was a girlfriend that you asked all the questions about your body and what was yes. going on. And if a friend had a bump on their ass, I was a person who's going to look at it. <laughs> I was like, I was just really, really fascinated with our bodies. And then I was equally fascinated with the fact that we didn't know as much about it. There was mm-hmm. a lot of questions that all my friends had. 
Um, so I worked at a women's health information clinic and got to talk to people about their bodies and give out um, information about breastfeeding and skin to skin because um, everyone in that hospital had to come see us. Oh, wow. And we talked about doulas all the time. And I knew uh, my script of what they did. I'm like, oh, these yeah. people walk them into the hospital. And they didn't count as a visitor in the visitation policy. Mm. Yes. And I was like, who are these magic humans that don't count <laughs> as visitors <laughs> and why? And I did some deep dive, like one Christmas break or something and fell in love and trained the following February and been going to births ever since. Um, oh. I thought it would be an OB. I was like, oh, I want to be a provider. And then I fell in love with the midwifery model and just like the physiology of birth and really giving people choice and option. Um, mm-hmm. And I moved to LA and I was like, I think I'm just going to be a midwife instead of an OB. And wow. fell in love and kept going to births the whole time. I've been to so many births in the last 10 years. <laughs> so many. You're oh, tired. Wow. You're so tired. tired. <laughs> uh, oh my god. So tired. But it's so amazing. <laughs> like it, it like it's the coolest job. Um, it's deeply, deeply inspiring to watch women and families come into their own and come into their power over and over mm. again. Um, it doesn't get old. <laughs> no two births are the same. <laughs> yeah. And now I get to do this on a smaller scale um, as a home birth midwife, but I still get to teach a lot of families on a larger scale with platforms and writing and things, which I'm really, really loving. Yeah, I was like going doing a deep dive through some of your articles. And I think, you know, this is why I was getting so pumped up and excited, because I think there's a lot of stuff that just isn't common knowledge, right? Like, first of all, you know, you there's so much to unpack from what you just talked about, because you having this interest in sexual health, like I'm from Kentucky, I grew up in a small town, like the words sexual health were not something that we ever discussed, right? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. sex was like one of those things where you're just like, oh, that's just something you don't do. And you wear a promise ring. And we don't talk about it. So taboo. Like, like, there's a lot of STDs out there. You will get them. You kiss someone, you're going to get it, right? You kiss and someone, you get like, pregnant. That's what I was told as a exactly. Catholic girl. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, you first of all, like, you at 19 and you have this interest in the body. And I, when I see somebody like that, you know, because we also have this amazing... Um, conversation with rumor willis and she similarly to you had this like she has this drive for the body and sexual health and just understanding and educating people and i think that that is amazing because Mm -hmm. um i think that there's just so much that we don't know and so as i was deep diving into your Substack, i was like oh this is fascinating because you're talking about things that i think are a little bit like people look at as like ooh, this is taboo when it's actually it should be such a natural part of our lives Mm -hmm. and understanding and I feel like I didn't really start understanding my body my sexuality my libido like any of those things until Mm. way 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 later and then I would never talk to a doctor or a midwife or any I didn't even know 
that you should have conversations like that. And I would be yeah. totally nervous to have a conversation like that. <laughs> I've like never even brought any of that stuff up. And then I, so we're reading your stuff and I'm like, oh my gosh, this should be a conversation. Like, yeah, you should feel comfortable to go to your care provider or your midwife and be like, I'm feeling like this and I like no longer want to have sex or like yeah. I like had such a because uh, I was raised Catholic and I had a lot of Catholic guilt surrounding like sexual health or sexuality at all. Um, I had a lot of trauma surrounding that. And like even having sex for the first time was a really big deal. And like masturbation was very taboo. So all of that felt very dark and like yeah. scary for me. Like how do you, I want to hear about like what those conversations are. How do you create a space that feels safe to be able to like entice people to open up in that way because it is a bit of a delicate conversation. Um, I love the way you write about it. So could you just talk to our listeners a little bit about your practices yeah, in that area? Yeah. So I truly believe pleasure is just as much as a vital checkpoint in any care that I offer. So whether it's prenatal care, postpartum care, or gynecological care. So midwives can see people in the entire reproductive spectrum, which people don't realize. They often think we only do birth. I do see people for well woman care, annual visits, pap smears, all the things. Um, And to me, checking in on whether we are enjoying ourselves in our bodies, but also when we engage in sexual experiences is important. It reduces this idea that women are just made to procreate or just exist for someone else's pleasure and not our own. And we also put that on ourselves in many ways as well. So when we're coming to check in on our bodies, it's also like, are you enjoying being in your body? Are you enjoying your sexual encounters? I see a lot of people in their mid-20s to early 40s. So it's often that prime time where they're just learning for the first time, similar to Sarah. They may be in a committed relationship or they're still dating in Los Angeles, which is a, a whole yeah. shit show on its own. I'm like, if you're in this, if you're in that hellscape, then at least you can enjoy some aspects of it. I, <laughs> so for me, I spend a lot of time. Every time they come in, they know they have a full hour. It's not a rush conversation. We spend a lot, mm-hmm. at least 30 minutes just checking in. And as we're checking in, they're getting more comfortable. I always add, like, I want to know about your cycle. I want to know about your vitamins, all the things. But also, tell me about your sexual encounters. You can tell me as mm-hmm. much detail or as little. But I will also want to know, like, are you enjoying yourself? And then I ask, right. are there any pain points, whether that's physical or emotional or traumatic? Mm-hmm. Um, and people have never been asked. <laughs> so they often are that's right. by the question. <laughs> they're like, oh. And I'm like, yeah, whatever you want to share. And, and they were just like, okay. And then I'll get, if, if I'm finding that some people are very coming into themselves sexually. And so f- some folks are like, finally, I can tell somebody. Yes. And they tell me everything. And then some folks are like, what do you mean? <laughs> so I'm like, are you having an orgasm? Are you having sex as often as right. you'd like? Are you and your yeah. partner may not be having sex as often as um, you think you should, but you actually are in a comfortable space, which is also fine. Um, mm-hmm. And just give them a couple pointed questions. And then they're like, and then they start to kind of tell me more. 
Um, and then I see a lot of teens, which is how I actually started oh, asking wow. this question. It's because yes. we all come from our different backgrounds and from the South. Um, and, you know, culture, religion, internet right now with the teens have a big impact on big. what they do and how they feel about their bodies. And yes. so I saw a few tools when I was in school. So probably five years ago now. And she was, she, it was like pulling teeth <laughs> to get questions as yes. any conversation is with a teenager. I'm trying to be cool, but I'm also not trying to be too cool. Cause then <laughs> like, it's like, I was like, my, who I am, she doesn't care about. Like, there's no clout that exists <laughs> that would make me feel cool to this person. And I was like, okay. So I'm very intimidated already. And I'm just like trying to like, what's going on? Nothing you sh- say will be shared to your parents, which her mom knew. Um, and she gave me a little here and there, here and there. And then towards the end, she was like, can I ask you anything? And I was like, yes, you can ask me yes. anything. And then she was like, okay, so anal. And I was like, oh. <laughs> You're like I can't put together, yes. but I was like, oh, oh, oh. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. Let's discuss. And when she asked you this question, what did you say? I like, gave her my, all of my things. I'm like, yes, yeah. tell me more, all the okay. tips, all the tools, all the precautions. Wow. Answered all of her questions. And like, she kept opening up. And so oh towards the end, I was like, are you enjoying your encounters? Like, because some stuff is like, you saw it on TikTok, you saw, he totally. saw it in porn. Like, I want to make yes. sure you're enjoying what you're doing and choosing right. to do. And she was like, yes, but I never had a big O. <laughs> I was like, oh, I would never have phrased it that way, but okay. <laughs> but she read that somewhere. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right, guys, we are a couple of tired mamas and all we do is crave a spa day and we deserve it. We always end up putting ourselves down the very bottom of our to-do list. We jump from one activity to the next and we're always meeting the needs of everyone else around us. I think it is time for a little self-pampering. This Mother's Day, make every day a spa day for all the moms in your life with Osea's Mega Moisture Duo. It's a value pack of two luxurious body care moisturizers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion, both featuring Osea's signature, uplifting, all-natural citrusy scent. I think the greatest and most thoughtful gifts are the gifts that you actually like love yourself, something that you use on yourself. And I love using the Mega Moisture Duo. It makes my skin so glowy. It's like super hydrating, firming, smells amazing. When I give my kids a hug after a bath, they're like, you smell so good. (laughs) It is my absolute favorite gift and such a great gift for Mother's Day. Yes. Folding in self-care is a moment to practice mindfulness, it's self-love, it's compassion. And we all know if you run your battery flat, it's harder to recharge. A consistent body care routine promotes healthy, glowing skin and also supports your mental health. 
Treat mom to the everyday spa experience she deserves with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code MOTHERDAYS at OSEAMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OSEAMalibu.com and use code MOTHERDAYS for 10% off. All right, as you guys know, we are we are busy mums. We are dog mums, business mums, performance mums, school board mums. Life gets hectic. That's why we rely on our tried and tested go-tos to alleviate some of the chaos. NerdWallet helps you by maximizing your everyday spending, whether it's groceries for the week, drinks with friends, or a nice family meal. Do you know how much cash back you're leaving on the table settling for the wrong credit card? Imagine earning up to 5% cash back on your groceries for the next 30 years. I mean, come on, guys. Think of all the cash back that you're going to get on those kombuchas, on those frozen pizzas. NerdWallet helps everyone make smarter financial decisions today that future you will thank you for. With NerdWallet, you won't regret missing out on rewards. NerdWallet lets you compare smart cashback credit cards side by side to make the most of your everyday spending. So what could future you do with more cashback? Uh, A silent meditation retreat in Peru, a sweat lodge in India, whatever it is, make it happen with a smarter cashback credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. As with all credit cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. And it just got me to thinking how many times as a, not even a teenager, but even in my early 20s, like, who actually cared if I was enjoying my experiences? That's right. Totally. No one's asking. And so, like, I should ask every person I see, are you enjoying yourself? Yeah. And then that can, you know, why not could be a wide range of things from past trauma, from I just had a baby and I'm not feeling good in my body mm-hmm. to yes. I, they just don't know what they're doing and I don't know how to yeah. tell them. And a conversation mm. around like asking for your needs and not having expectations from your partner. Um, and it's forever changed my practice. I will ask everybody. I feel like I wish I had met you <laughs> so long ago because I didn't even know that like sex could really be pleasurable like until I was a lot older. And I actually realized that so much of it for me is being really comfortable with my person and it wasn't really until I found my husband that I was like oh oh my gosh you can be so free and comfortable and feel love and like this is how it's meant to feel it took me finding my person to Mm -hmm. feel like that and I really realized now that I had so much kind of untapped 
sort of guilt. I didn't look at like the reasons why sex wasn't that pleasurable. And then I, it was more like, oh, you're in a relationship. You're supposed to do these things. So I'll just do, I'll, you know, we'll just have sex. And even though like, it's probably more for them than it is for me. Like if I'd met you or someone like you <laughs> at a younger age, I would have been like, wait a second, what? This is all wrong. We need to change things up. Yeah. Um, so I love that you're empowering people at such a young age as well. I'm really opening up that conversation because especially as a teenager, the, the idea that my parents would ever find out what oh I was doing with dudes, like that just, I didn't talk to anyone about it. Sometimes my friends, but even then it was like very quiet. I didn't feel like that's a conversation that I should have with anyone. So I oh. love that. What an amazing practice. And was that born out of feeling like when you're a teenager, you had a space to talk about that or was your experience a little bit different and you realized like, oh, hang on a second, we need to change things around here? Yeah, I actually had a pretty safe space. My mom was very open. We had a pretty open house. Um, Not mm -hmm. like we could do anything. I had a very strict dad in terms of like, what we're doing they also weren't stupid my parents were teen parents so they were also like <laughs> yes <laughs> they're very in tune with what's in, what's happening in the world <laughs> uh, they're not far removed love it um so they weren't they were strict in the sense of like you know no boys staying over no boys in that in that capacity but they also weren't stupid like you're gonna date my mom told my dad very explicitly you have three girls they're gonna be stupid over a guy at least once <laughs> at least how yes. smart you deem your more. girls are they're gonna be stupid <laughs> because of a boy so prepare yourself um, yeah. so we had very open conversations and I felt safe enough to share so I did tell my mom after I lost my virginity <laughs> and wow. I was like a she was like Amazing. quiet for like a 45 minute car ride and I was like are you okay <laughs> <laughs> and she didn't talk about Sorry, it for like God. a week and then she brought it back up but she oh. basically she she was was shocked. She's like, I didn't think you liked him that much. She was a different guy. She was she was shocked by the person. <laughs> oh my god. She was hung up she on the wrong like, thing. Yeah. And then she the one thing I remember is like it gets better with age. They get better with age. Yeah. Wow. And I was like, oh, okay. interesting. It's funny, my partner's 20 years older. So I was like, mm, this is yes, so. <laughs> Thanks, mom. <laughs> yeah. um, but um, that did struck me as like, why does it get better with age? Is it myself yeah. that is improving and understanding more? Or I, I can't believe this the men. It's just the, this person. <laughs> I'm like, no, it has, can't be the stem. <laughs> um, and so I think that has impacted me, but I did have a safe space to talk yes. about it. And our house was that for wow. my friends and my sister's friends. Like uh. my mom was that person. Uh. Um, so I know the value oh my gosh. of that. I want to be that mom. Yeah, I, I know. I'm mom. like, I need like an, a re-education on how to be like that. Cause I do find that like, even when I'm, you know, my, I do the thing that my mom did, like when something happens in a movie and I'm like, Oh, you know, and I'm like, wait, what? I'm doing the thing. I know I'm like, I need a re-education re because I'm such a freaking square. But by the way, Jess, I, asked an OBGYN one time about exactly what that girl is asking about. I can't even say it. Um, I just was like, <laughs> I asked her, there's this thing people are talking about. Like, what do you think about that? And she was like, 
This was her response. You ready for this? She goes, it's an exit. It's not an entrance. And I was oh like, oh, my gosh. Oh, OK. OK. I'm afraid. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, oh, OK, no problem. I'm sorry I asked yeah. uh, anything. Then I sweated so much before I asked her that question. But I was just like, I don't know. You hear things. And I was curious. and I was young. And so I was like, I'm just going to do it. Ask the question. She was like, it is an exit, not an entrance. And I was like, yeah, OK. OK. okay. Yeah. <laughs> not going to do that. it's harm reduction it's like people are gonna try stuff on the internet you think people are like not even sex related people drink kids taking the tide capsules like people are stupid they're gonna try stupid stuff that's true you're right curious and they're going to explore Mm -hmm. and so for me it's harm reduction to give you tools to explore safely so that you yes. are, you can cause a lot of harm if done incorrectly for any type of sexual That's experience. Right. And so I tend to lean that way versus shaming people. I'm like, tell me, I've yes. heard it all. I may not try it all myself. And that's my personal choice. Right. But I want to make sure you have enough tools to explore in a safe space that feels good for you. Starting with consent, yeah. like, do you actually want to do it? And they're like, yeah, okay. And then given them so many tools versus shaming them we talked a lot about um so a lot of parents bring their teens in one day they're avoiding the conversation they don't want to do it which we're like <laughs> yes or <laughs> they yeah. know that they're sexually active and then they want a ci panel and sometimes it's necessary sometimes it's like no these two have only had sex with themselves we don't really need to tell them for things right right, um, like right. she's clearly communicating that and I don't want to bother their bodies if I really don't have to, like from a pap smear. Like I, like, I don't have to do certain things. So I get a lot of a lot of information and give. And so realizing that her partner was actually really, really, really um, big on condoms. Like he was on, he never not used them, which I was like, that's awesome. Like this 17 yeah, year old, like that's awesome. amazing. Um, yes. And then she's like, but do we need one for anal? And so like those types of questions, there's not a lot of good resources out there. And I'm like, yes, right, you yeah, still right. do for sexual trans- transmitted diseases, not pregnancy. Yay. But, you mm-hmm. know, for different reasons. And she's like, OK, that's clarifying. OK. And then I was like, get a lube. And if you're a teenager yes. sourcing mm. your lube, <laughs> like the yeah. stuff can cause really really big issues for her vagina and her body yeah and so yeah, like wow. trying to have all of those conversations so that ideally we're reducing the amount of harm and horrible experiences that like people have all the time around you know new sexual tries well i what you were saying about um <laughs> about it getting better with age is you know i i'm so with Teresa. like it wasn't until i met my husband, where he was the first person to be like, you know, what, what does it for you? Like, you know, do you feel like, how can Mm -hmm. I, you know, he was asking all the questions Mm -hmm. that make me sweaty and go like, what? (laughs) And he's like, what is your body like? And like, what, you know, questions that are amazing and open and beautiful between partners. And I was literally like, 
deer in headlights i don't know what my body like like same, i don't know Sarah, like same. what are you talking about and why are like, you asking me and talk about this <laughs> right and i'm like are we just supposed to turn off the lights and like get yeah. naked um so you know and he was so he's seven years older than me but he was just like so beautiful about it and from you know we started dating when i was like 22 and it was really like throughout my relationship with him that I under started to understand my body. I do think that there's something really beautiful when you find a partner that you can, but that doesn't always no. exist, right? You're going to yeah. come into this with certain people and it's going to be a little bit of like, how do you feel? How do I feel? Like working together on it. And it would be so nice for younger people to be able to have, and maybe they do. But like for me, it wasn't like that. Um, or even people maybe who are in their 30s or 40s or 50s who haven't had these conversations. Because, yeah. you know, when Teresa and I were talking before this, I was like, wow, like I, I feel like after reading all of your stuff, like it'd be so awesome to take our teenage daughters to come see a midwife versus taking them to this like very medical feeling OBGYN office where it's like, OK, let's go run some tests and let me give you birth control. And like, mm-hmm. you know, like it was for me, it felt sterile and scary and mm-hmm. um so i think you know like are you starting to see more teens now because you were saying that you're seeing them when you were in school but are you seeing more teenagers yeah now? i definitely see more teens in my practice now um a lot for their very first visit ever oh, oftentimes wow. we're not even doing any any clinical work every now and then we'll do some you know run some labs or just check in on their overall body if they haven't seen like their pediatrician for a while. Um, but the majority of that conversation is usually them asking questions and parents yes. can stay in. But I say if they don't, then I always disclose in front of them and in front of the team that nothing they ask me is going to be shared with their parents. So they truly know it's yes, confidential and parents also great. have the expectation. I'm not sharing what they share. Um, and yeah. then the only thing that we will talk through sharing is if something is a health concern. Um, mm. and so, yeah, we, I see a, quite a few teens and then they are the only patients that can text me cause they're not checking their emails. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I give them my cell number. Um, I allow, oh my God, I love it. <laughs> they can text my, my normal patients can text here and there, but like, I'm not having a conversation via text with them. Um, and then yeah. they get one friend question and one TikTok question every so often. So like there's something they saw <laughs> on TikTok and they're like, is this real? And I'm like, okay, one question a month. Um, what an amazing resource that you are yeah, for them. That. Like, come on. That's it's incredible. It's me. I'm always like, what does TikTok say? No, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm like, this is why I'm terrified of TikTok. I mean, I'm like, no. I did a teen doula training and we had a whole TikTok section because every every other question was, I saw this on TikTok or TikTok said, and it was like, oh my, oh my gosh. Okay, we have to have a solid conversation. But uh-huh. I would say 75% of it was not in, inaccurate information. Um, so right, whoever yeah. is curating some of the stuff on the platform is not bad. It is just easy mm-hmm, to get mm-hmm. information quickly. And so I just teaching them how to fact check essentially. Um, but yeah. Wow. And then I also like, you can't, your friends can't ask me questions through <laughs> you because I'm not <laughs> a provider 
and they don't want to make sure their parents are also on board with them having information yeah, from someone else because right. that can get here very quickly. But I, like, to your point, um, Sarah, you said something um, being in your head. And it's like, it's not a bad thing. It is actually very, very, very normal for women to stay in their brain, their frontal cortex during sex. We don't pop into mm. our hind brain as quickly as men do when we're aroused, which is why, like, particularly wow. mothers have a harder time getting back into the yes. zone because you have a million things on your to-do list. We need list. to talk about that. So it is not because something's wrong, you're prude or anything. Part of it is... Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Part of it is our stress. There's like a, a space of stress and it doesn't have to be like big external, external, you know, crisis. It is anything that's in our brain that is causing us anxiety or making us think we will stay in that brain. Men, those penises mm. get hard and they they lost all brain function. So like they can pop, <laughs> they can pop into Seems that way. <laughs> yeah. Like, huh, that tracks. That tracks. They, like, they can pop into arousal and be there. You typically need a little bit more workup to get there. Um, so I usually tell mm-hmm. my postpartum partners, I'm like, if you really want to get in the mood, wash the dishes, put the child down send her off to take a shower and then she can actually pop into that brain. If she has to do the things, Mm. it's going to take her a lot longer to get there. And it can be as simple as your Catholic upbringing and a thought about Mm -hmm. insert thing. Um, It can be a past experience that was negative and it's just replaying. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, It can be anything. And so trying to figure out one, creating a safe space with this partner where you can talk about it which communication is not sexy, is not viewed as sexy in our mm-hmm. like hookup culture. It's just like, no, you know, you just do it. You're supposed to know what happened. It's like, <laughs> that's just not true. We've all lived through that yeah. experience. It's not true. That's right. Um, and nope. it's probably why you're probably having better sex with your partners because you have such a great communication with them that that's translates right. into yeah. safety where now you can be free enough to be yourself. So I usually tell people, like, start workshopping, like, how to talk to people and, like, we'll literally yes. role play. I don't do this in my practice as much because I'm pretty sure people probably think it's weird. But with girlfriends, like, how to <laughs> actually say, I like this and get yeah. that need met yeah. with anyone from a hookup to a long term partner. I love this so much because I feel like I needed this right now because yesterday <laughs> I was talking to my husband. We went on a little date and um, we started talking about like past stuff and, you know, I was like, you know, I've been really reflecting on this relationship I had when I was younger and this guy was very sexually experienced and I was like coming out of my like Catholic era of like feeling ashamed about thinking sexy thoughts, like wanting any sort of pleasure. I just like was carrying a lot of shame. And he's like, he knew that. And so he wanted to try all these things to sort of break me out of it. And I feel like at that young age, I, I didn't really have a voice 
I, I sort of had the thoughts that you were saying. I'd have the thoughts of like, oh, this feels weird. Like, oh my God, this is too much. Like, I don't know if I'm fully comfortable with this. Um, but I didn't, I just sort of went along with uh-huh. it because I was like, I have an older lover and he's like experienced and he's helping me break down these barriers that I have. And like, I should just go with this. And I was telling my husband, I was like, oh man, I really wish I could go back to those experiences and be like, do you know what? I totally get why you want to try that. But actually, I'm not feeling that. It's not sexy to me. Mm. It doesn't actually feel good. I kind of feel a bit uncomfortable. But I I didn't say those things. And in this like day and age where we talk about consent, like it just seems so valuable that you're opening up these conversations with people where they can feel brave enough to have a voice to be like, oh, actually, I don't really want to try that. And that doesn't actually make me feel comfortable um, because I think so many people feel like, I should just go along with this thing that we're doing and um, that's what we're supposed to do. And I remember when I lost my virginity, that was the reason I lost my virginity was like, I should just do this because other people my age are doing this. And like, I guess this is the the thing to do. So I, I love that. Like I really, um, I really love that you're empowering these people and I hope to take from this podcast and I hope other listeners do as well how to initiate those conversations with our own children and having the sort of environment that your mother created for you and your parents created for you to be able to say like, I'm trying this or I'm thinking of this and like, what should I say in this sort of situation? Because I really hope my kids come to me and I can equip them with the tools that you are equipping your clients with. Yeah. I will just, I have a lot of thoughts, but one to, to the conversations <laughs> about the kids. And I want to come back to the conversation around sharing your need and vocalizing that. So we'll come back to that. But mm-hmm. I will say starting with creating safe spaces to talk about anything outside of sex, just like those conversations now. Yeah. Um, I just did a team doula training. And one of the biggest things we navigated was like friends who are going, whose parents are going through a divorce. It's a taboo thing. Mm. It's touchy. It's, it's, you know, creating a safe space for your kids to talk to you about, you know, what they're hearing their friends navigate and you giving them tools or holding space for them to be a safe space for their friends and your house being a safe space for that. Fr- like that is kind of one that's super prevalent because divorce rate is really high. Um, and parents split. It happens. So like that, creating a safe space for any situation and any conversation will then trickle over to my parents have demonstrated that they're a safe space. They don't lose their shit when I bring up stuff from video games to the pet or whatever it is. I can now trust them with this level of vulnerability. Um, And so they start with just being a safe space for anything and trying to stay as neutral and then also being human and being like, Hey, bud, this is uncomfortable, but I also want to make sure you feel comfortable sharing with me. So if you ever do, yeah. I I can deal with my own emotions. Don't feel like you need to hold those for Because they're kids. They do care. So they will try to avoid making you upset, um, especially right. your boys, <laughs> your girls. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So like, you know. <laughs> yeah, true. Um, so it's like starting there and just not stressing it. And then you have partners like... Uh, sometimes it's a divide and conquer and it is more of you might get information 
via them by making sure you're creating like space for them to be like we can talk about anything or movies um, movies was a big way in which we talked about stuff I remember very vividly our house being split down the middle around abortion conversation as a teenager yeah um, and yes. it was something on TV we watched and like you know our parent we were just talking about what would we do and how do we feel about this and our house being pretty split um, and respectable split it was just like oh, I, I feel like not necessarily political but like our personal choices um right and yeah and so I like I remember that conversation I was like I was definitely either late middle school early high school um wow. so as you stuff come up in the world have the conversations over dinner and keep it yes. neutral and they'll understand like oh we can talk about the tough stuff and as it yes. pertains to my body we can talk about the tough stuff and then I would say, especially once they get to middle school, just maybe once a year, be like, we're always the same space. Um, whether it's like partying or anything, always call. There's no repercussions for calling. I will always come get you no matter what time it is. Whatever the yes. case is. Same thing. Same thing yeah. around sex. It's like call. Um, my partner, his kids are older. Um, there's just condoms. <laughs> he has two boys. It's like, yeah. just here. <laughs> Like, just keep them available yes. so yeah. they know. Yeah. I wanted to circle back because, Teresa, you mentioned an experience that many of us have been in where we are we are choosing to do something. And I wouldn't say it's full consent because it's not usually enthusiastically. But we're mm-hmm. saying we're going along with it um, because we think we're supposed to. Um, we're curious, but we're not necessarily enthusiastic about it. And there usually needs to be a little bit more conversation to like, get truly on board or mm-hmm. a safe space to truly feel comfortable enough to say no. And it's yes. not uncommon, especially in first encounters from just consenting to having sex from peer pressure. It's like, you wouldn't have had that idea without the peer pressure oh, yeah. um, to trying something new with a partner, no matter how long you've been with them. And you're excited to please them, but not necessarily about it, excited about it for yourself. And exactly. A lot of us have been in that. Um, I, this is one of those times, Sarah, when the overthinking is helpful because it, it, it that it is one of those superpowers as women that is protective. We know when we're mm. not in a good space to feel completely comfortable. Some of that can be very benign little things. Some of that can be it can be big red flags and the body is telling us like, no, no, no. Um, so I usually tell people if something is coming up, and there's anxiety around it trying to pause if you're truly in a safe situation and you're like I, I'm just uncomfortable saying no then it's like taking a deep breath maybe excusing yourself to go to the bathroom but at least give physical space and then trying to say I don't know if I'm feeling this it'll ruin the mood enough where it at least gives yeah. them a pause I'm like oh oh and if they're a decent human, they also are going to be like, oh, okay, let me actually, let me unpack this a little bit more. Yeah. Um, and it can be as simple as, I don't know why, but I would like a little bit more time to figure it out. Maybe I'll say yes, but I also, I need some space. And that usually creates enough space in a, in a safe situation where you 
it's awkward, but it's fine. I'd rather be mm-hmm. awkward and not do something I don't want to do than be awkward during it. Um, yeah. It happens. I like in pre in my dating in my LA dating days, horrible. Um, <laughs> it was it was rough out here. It was fun actually. Yeah. I had like my bachelorette pad, oh. but it was it was rough. Um, but I had an experience where it wasn't bad. He was kind. But I was very much excited and he was just not delivering. And I was like laying there like in my head thinking like, this is horrible. Oh. <laughs> like, and why am I doing this? Oh my and God. What girl, are you doing to my there. body? How are you getting in this wrong? And and I was like, yes. that was just like getting louder and louder. And I like had the thought of like, I'm not enjoying myself. Why am I saying yes? And I'm in a mm. safe enough situation where I can say no. And it was like a pep talk in my brain. I was like, just stop him. And I stopped him. Poor guy. And <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, I, used to, I was like, it's not good. <laughs> like, I couldn't get the, I couldn't be more elegant. I was like, this is not good. <laughs> he was like, really? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and he was like, oh shocked. God. Because no one has ever told him that yeah. whatever he was doing was not good was not working and, right right and he was like oh people i was like i don't know and he was like you want me to go on this yeah yeah because it was just awkward <laughs> <laughs> you're like yeah can you you're like it's, it's time to be stand <laughs> but like he ended up texting. He was like, I would love to learn more. Do you have any? I was like, oh. you're not going to learn on me, but here's a couple links. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. He, like, ideally, we are engaging in sexual encounters where the people are similar to this dude. It's like, it's embarrassing. It's unnerving for everyone involved. Right. Right. But when you when you remove yourself from a situation, you're like, actually, I do need to learn more, whether it is you for your own self or them <laughs> about just skill um my answer to most people who are already engaging in sexual experience is taking more from the bdsm community not my cup Mm. of tea but the king community has really 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 good consent and communication around what is a go and what is a not and there's worksheets like i sent one to a friend of mine who recently divorced 40s and back in the dating scene bless her um around how to communicate it because she's like that was it it was not well in her marriage and now she has to tell people about what she likes and she's like i don't fucking know so i'm like here's a worksheet literally fill out the worksheet if it's just like hookups then you can just paraphrase and use some of the verbiage to communicate when someone asks you what are you into look at your sheet or if it's actually in a relationship, doing it together can also be fun and yeah. sexy. And this dude has a cheat sheet of how to get you off. Like what man doesn't right. want? Wow. <laughs> um, no, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And now like for clients and they're trying to, you know, explore again, especially my first timers after a baby and they're worried about sex. Mm. go to the sheet sheet with no expectation of actually getting laid after this but like understanding this is where i'm feeling this is i'm feeling in my body 
this feels good, this doesn't anymore. Um, and it can be a nice just reconnect with your partner as life changes, bodies changes, libidos mm. change. Um, but that's just the BDSM community. And it's not, it, nothing on the sheet is like explicit to that. It's just, it gives mm-hmm. them a safe space to actually write in what I like, what I don't. That's such great information like what a great source of information I didn't even know that there was like a worksheet you could look at um how (laughs) awesome I love it like just like having the parameters like here's my little sheet it's like your birth plan when you're like here's my birth plan here's my sex plan (laughs) oh my god I love it oh my god maybe we should together create a sex plan a sex plan yeah Uh, this is the vibes um you just brought up uh something I want to ask you about which was like sex again after you've had a baby and I just wanted to explore the postpartum world a little bit with you um because you write about postpartum and postpartum depression um and I have a girlfriend that just had a baby and she was like I do not want to have sex again for a long time she feels very touched out she's like definitely not feeling it and I can relate I remember that I still even two years postpartum I have four kids at home like the idea of like rolling into bed and like getting it on I'm just like I am so tired I cannot find my libido what is your what's your advice maybe it's in the closet maybe your libido is in the closet <laughs> maybe it's in the closet maybe it's or in the shower or maybe it's like there. hooking up in the car or something i really want to have it in the shower my husband refuses to shower with me i'm like that is where i want to have sex i yes. want to have sex and he's get he's in like, there no. he does Take not that vibrator get in the shower get in the freaking shower <laughs> it is waterproof i got the waterproof one it's like come on um yes. no but he- honestly that's it that's parent sex <laughs> yeah. I mean, Correct. I think oh there's like some negotiation there, like some in the shower, some wherever he prefers. But I think Sarah's onto it. It's like parent sex is often a lot more spontaneous and not mm. usually in the bed at night because as yeah. the day wears on you, you don't want to have sex. Like it's just, I'm tired. Right. I prefer to sleep. Totally. And there's probably a bit, a child or two attached to you or in the bed or coming in, especially. And so if you have four, like I can count probably how many days you sleep in the bed with just y'all too. <laughs> like last yeah. night, my nine-year-old was sleeping along like the bottom the half of the, of the yeah. bed. Mm-hmm. He literally like, came and slept that way. Mm-hmm. And we and I'm like, what? My nine-year-old's in the bed now? <laughs> oh my God. It was, and thank God the other two didn't crawl in, but I had like the baby and the nine-year-old and I was like curled up in a little fetal position. It ain't happening in the bed. Yeah. <laughs> Especially now with a nine-year-old. If they're tinier yeah. potentially, but no. Um, I usually tell people if they're newly postpartum, first things first is exploring their own bodies for just them um get get into your body for yourself so before you're even thinking about letting your partner touch you penetrative sex like touch yourself take your vibrator and just see what it feels like what it feels like to have an orgasm what it feels like to touch yourself is there any pain points um Mm -hmm. is there any areas that you're just like i feel insecure about um or any any new areas like I'm really loving my new boobs I'm really loving my new ass whatever it is like definitely hype yourself up and then having a conversation not with sex on the agenda but 
over lunch with your partner, not at your house. <laughs> it's like their brains go bye-bye. <laughs> the mentions, so like, so we're in public. <laughs> I'm just like, hey, this is what's coming up for me. And this yeah. is how I'm feeling in my body. And these is what this is where I'm feeling insecure, unsafe, or I'm scared. Mm. Um, and then at some point, you're going to want to unpack that with them. And some of the things that I tell partners specifically in our six-week visit of like it's going to be mama led mama's favorite positions um as the cervix is doing weird things we don't know what that thing is at this point like let her run the show because your favorites might not be great right now um lots of good lube like even if you've Mm -hmm. never used lube before get the good shit for your nightstand postpartum like that should be a part of your mama care package um, I always say Papa Motrin because things have been tender and no friction for a long time and it shouldn't hurt, but it might be a little discomfort, a little newness the first few yeah. times. So I'm always like those things. And then to partners, I usually say initiate touch without the intention of getting laid. So <laughs> just like touching the boobs, just like petting, kissing, cuddling, holding, that'd get her there faster than you trying to actually, your intent to get laid. So I'm like, even if it doesn't anything but a good like middle school makeout session, fine. Right. She's going to feel Love safer that. for the next time, you know, yes. and that is the investment you're making. And so mm. I'd say start there. But yes. for the mama who's just not feeling it in her body, that's fine. It tends to be a lot longer for many people. That six weeks is an arbitrary number is made up. It means nothing. It is not yes. a clearance to get your groove back on unless you're ready. There's some folks who are mm. dying to have sex. More power to them. <laughs> Others yeah. are like, do I have to? Can we not tell them? And I'm like, well, we don't want to broach that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> oh my we god will tell him and we'll tell him no and why oh my and god, know that it. it just might be longer oh my gosh jessica this has been so inspiring for me i feel like i'm gonna walk away today and just be like remembering <laughs> some of the things that you said I'm like hell yeah i feel so empowered I and i'm such I think an empowered woman right now i know I'm me like, too i'm just gonna run out and go have sex <laughs> No, I, I feel... Go find I your feel, libido. I know. Yeah. I'm like, where's that vibrator? Woo! Um, yeah. Anyway, I, I have loved this conversation and I love what you said about just like talking to our teens and what what really consent looks and feels like and and just like taking back ownership of your body and your feelings and all those special things. Love that we can come to our midwife to talk about sexual health. Didn't even know that. So you have been just a world of knowledge and um, wisdom and I just think you're so special. So thank you very much for Mm. joining us today on the Mother Days. You've been the best. We love you. you. I love you. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Um, Daisies, you have been listening to the Mother Days podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And go check out Jessica Diggs. You can go on to her Instagram, and it's um, at Jessica Diggs, D-I-G-G-S. And she has a sub stack. You can subscribe. You can get all of this information all of the time, which is amazing. Um, She also has just 
fantastic uh, website and posts and um, follow along with her journey. And um, if you're anywhere near her, then you can contact her and have her in your back pocket as well. (laughs) Um, So we love you, daisies. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you so much for your time and for being here today. And I'm just so grateful that you came into my life. Yay. Bye. 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 Bye.